0: guys are uh, a little weary, but a little excited. Because how many of you have been here for all the sessions? Yeah. So we're just going to pray a uh, replenishment anointing over all of us, because we know that supernaturally God can restore everything our natural body needs in order for us to complete what he has for us today. Amen. Amen. So just receive that and just know that that's what he does. I am gonna talk about my books, but I wanna talk about them in this framework. As I was, I got up this morning really early, and then I prayed a little bit, listened to some worship music, then I went back to bed, because I was like, I'm really tired, I gotta go back to bed. My husband texts me, and he goes, are you okay? Because I usually call him. I'm like, I'm asleep, <laughs> I'm tired. And But when I woke up, it was like the suddenly of God, and I'm like, oh, this is good. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to sow into the house of Passion Church. When I come here, I always feel like I'm home. You guys are very similar to my church. You guys are people of hunger, people of just more. You want more of what God has. You want your world to look like the world he's created for you to live in. I mean, you guys are so unique, and you don't even know it. I was telling that we ate uh, dinner with, um, uh, where are they, Dave and... There they are, back, back, in the, back in the back. And Tracy last night, and I told him, I said, we were talking about it earlier, and I said, you know, what you don't realize is that from the outside coming in, I see people who can change the world for the kingdom. And I don't see that everywhere I go. And it's very unique to find a whole house that is hungry for what God has. And is willing to sacrifice and to be here. And your volunteers and, and you know, just, just to be here and pour out everything, no matter how tired they are. And uh, Jude and I ran through Starbucks this morning. Uh, of course, his mom was driving. But we ran through Starbucks because Jude really needed a cake pop. I mean, you know how it is. It is a first world problem. It's 930 in the morning and I need a cake pop. Well, we go. Well, first of all, the line was all the way around the building. And uh, second of all, so Jude and I jump out of the car, we run in, and there's like 15 people waiting on drinks they have already ordered, and there's four people in front of us. I told Jude, I said, buddy, it is not going to work. I said, we won't even make it to church on time if we stay and wait for Starbucks. So disappointed, our heads hung low. (laughs) He was very upset. We head for the car, and he—he um, he just can't even talk. It's—I'm it's, close to behind him, but you know, I'm a little bit older, so I try to act more mature. <laughs> so here we are. We're finishing up worship. And here comes the Starbucks right into my hand. I'm like, God, you are so good. And I said, did you get Jude something? Because he needed it more than I do. But you know, the point is is that your house is always so generous. I have these beautiful gifts waiting in my room. I have amazing cookies. I have just just this uh, camaraderie and this fellowship that is very unique. And you guys need to give yourself an applause because you guys are unique. So as I woke up this morning, the Lord said, I want you to give all your books to the church. I want you guys to go take what you want, give them to other people. You may want to do one at a time, uh, and if there's some left over, then you can do it. But, but take them and let them sow into your life. I've spent lots of time writing books. I love it. Uh, I'm the kind of person that math is my gift. English is my struggle. So I'm... You know, some I remember I was speaking one time. It was when I very first started, and a very close friend of mine. He was kind of like the dad figure. He's like, "You know, you left a hanging participle on that last sentence." And I'm like, "I don't even know what that is." <laughs> I, I mean, English was not my first language. I'm a Southerner. <laughs> you know, we have our own language. It's like going to Louisiana. When you go to New Orleans, it's a different language. Southerners, we have our own language. So. Um, Writing books in the beginning was a struggle, but I just wanted to share what they're about so you can pick what you want. Um, The first book I wrote was uh, Insights for Abundant Life, and it's little mini stories about the Word of God and how they apply to our lives today. So that's what this is about, and it started out as a blog, and it just went from there. The next book I wrote was God's Dream for Your Life, and uh, it really is a manual on spiritual, emotional, and physical health and destiny for your lives. And um, it's a great book, I love it. Let me just tell you how great my books are. They're really good. (laughs) They come out of just really birthing. Invitation to Experience Heaven is encounters that I had in heaven. And I want to just put a disclaimer on this. You know, a lot of times when you have heavenly encounters, they aren't necessarily literally what heaven is, but they're what God wants to release an understanding into. And I've read other books of people encountering heaven after I wrote mine, and there are similarity, body part rooms and council rooms and different throne rooms, different things like that. But understand that God gives us dreams and visions and encounters for what we need in order to advance us and to give testimony in what he's doing. Right. And then, uh, I am, uh, it's just a meditation book. Uh, God woke me up every morning for, I forget how many days, 40 some days. And he would say, I am. And then he would say, I am like, this one is, I am your father who covers you. And he gave me a word about himself and scripture to go with it. So I just, posted in a little book, and um, the next one is my latest book, it came out right before I came here last October, New Moves of God, and it's a prophetic book about what God is doing in this era, not just this month or this year, it's in an era time, so you guys pick what you want, and um, we'll put those back there, and the table will be open to do that, and I just want to sow into your lives, because y'all have sown so much into my lives, whoo, I'm, I'm getting a little teary, where are those Kleenexes that I took off the counter? <laughs> I picked him up, and they said, you know that's for when people are crying. I'm like, I didn't know. I didn't know. So I do have a couple more words, and you know what I did? I said I'm doing an impartation service, but I forgot to do the impartation. We got to do another step. So I do have a couple more words, and then we're going to do an impartation, and then I'm going to preach a message on occupying, because this is a season that we are to occupy our territory and take back the territory that we've let slip away. And we can say the enemy has stolen it, which is true, but... Uh, we've got to get it back. So uh, let me just finish these words. I am looking for Tony. Guess he ran out last night before I could give him his word. I love the worship here. It is always uh, life-changing. It is always encountering. No, you stand. You stand. You stand. Come on. So you can just stand there. So what I kept seeing over you is, do you know what frequencies are? Being a musician, you know what frequencies are. And you know that certain frequencies released healing, they released deliverance, they released uh, authority. And that's what I feel like you do with your bass is that you carry the frequencies for what is needed in that hour, and release them. So Friday night when you were doing worship, I felt you were releasing like authority, this push of people understanding identity through the frequency that you were doing on your base. So that's what I feel like you carry, is you carry more than just being a musician who loves God and plays. You carry an anointing like David did when he played the harp that released the demonic affliction against Saul. That's what you carry. And it comes in whatever's needed. It's not just deliverance. It's not just healing. It's not just identity. It just comes in whatever is being released in that hour. So that's what I had for you. Uh, You know, we're so much powerful than we realize we are. We carry so much more than we realize we do. And we're doing what we love, and we don't realize God is using that to release and demonstrate who he is through us. Okay. Okay. The other one was, uh, Tracy and David. Uh, yeah. Uh, I had a word for you guys. Um, of course I've threatened David that he's going to have to carry that prophetic anointing, you know, because he does, he just doesn't realize what he's saying is prophetic. Uh, the word I had for you is you guys are like Priscilla and Aquila in Acts, Acts 18, I think it's Acts 18, I I did look it up, believe it or not, Um, and that you not only can run with the mature and support like they did with Paul and help build and expand the tent that, you know, that God was creating through Paul, but you can also run with those who are learning like Apollos. Apollo, they went with him because he was preaching the gospel, but he didn't quite have the exactness, the accuracy of it, and that you guys are able to run with the mature and run with those that God is raising up and be able to pour into their lives in both avenues and help them step into a fuller calling that God has for them because of what you pour into them. So that's what I had for you guys. Um, Yeah, that's a good word for them. Uh, let's see. I've got a couple of others. I've got one corporately for you guys. Uh, and then I have one for Pastor Jen. And then I have one for the pastoral team. Um, let me do the corporate one first. What I, uh, what the Lord was speaking to me about is that you, this house is a beacon of light. That you are a beacon of light that shines in the hill you you have covered the region you have covered the territory you have covered where god has deposited you pakistan that you shine brightly in this place and that there is a transference of anointing that has happened a transference of mantle that has happened here as you guys have gone through a painful transition of pastor ted and pastor doreen but God is using their heavenly entrance as seeds of growth for the next um, calling that He has for you. And there was a specific word He gave for me: um, the faithfulness of this house to who uh, to who God has called you to be, where growth can occur because the seeds have been planted long before for the next season that he has for you guys. And I feel like God is going to give you guys an assignment and it will disrupt what you thought you were going to do, but it will be a divine interruption. And I talked about this last night, not a demonic distraction. So know and understand that God is about to put an assignment in your hands that will be like, that was not on our thought process, but we know that God is doing it. And when he does, when he releases it, what will happen is there will be many of you that have already had this brewing inside of you that will step up and become leaders in this new assignment that God has for you guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Faithfulness. The, the, mantles has tra- the mantles have transferred. Um, I also have a word for you, uh, Jen, Pastor Jen, um, you know, you talked about yesterday that a couple of years ago people were asking you to mentor them, and what I kept seeing was the mentoring anointing is all over you. It's just not specific people. It is hubs of people. You've got a hub of people that you are mentoring. You have your children that you are mentoring up in the calling to take on, to take forward what God has deposited in your family. You have raised up people in Pakistan. They are looking to you to mentor them into the places that they are supposed to go. So the mentoring anointing is all over you. It just doesn't look like what one individual asking you to mentor them. You're, in, you're mentoring teams of people. You're raising up teams of people. It's that Ephesians 4.12 that says you're equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And some people will stay here and they'll be here forever. And some people will be launched into what God has called them to do because of what you have deposited into them. So when you see them and it's time for them to go, it will be a sadness in your heart, but it will also be a celebration because you know that you have sown and you have served and you have prepared them to go out and do what God has called them to do. And there will be some that will leave the state. There will be some that will leave the country. But it will be because of what you have prayed into, what you've sown into, what you've corrected into, because God has a deep anointing for mentoring on you. That's good. And it doesn't mean she mentors everybody. What she does is she mentors people who mentor people who mentor people. You know that that's how it works. That's how it works. So I also wanted to pray over your pastoral team so I don't know who they are. I mean, I know some of them. But if, we, if they'll come up, I just I want to pray over them. And as they're coming up, uh, I want to say one thing. Are there people in this house that feel like they haven't found where they fit? Okay, I'm going to ask you guys to stand if that's you because I want to release... Um, I'm just going to release a knowing that God has something for you, God has something for you, God has something for you, and that there'll be a suddenly, I don't mean it's going to be at... 30 instead of 10 o'clock there's going to be a suddenly inside your spirit that you're going to know you're going to be able to connect with the pastoral team with the other leaders within this house and you'll know where you're supposed to fit how you're supposed to serve and how god wants to use you in this house okay so lord i just release i know that you're not standing for you know what you're supposed to be doing right yeah okay okay for now for now okay <laughs> So, uh, Lord, I just release the connecting spirit to spirit, assignment to assignment to all those who are standing. God, I'm calling forth uh, not necessarily a position as in a position of status, but a um, what I keep seeing is the chessboard and you being positioned in the right place in order to fill in the missing pieces. Uh, that are no longer on the board. So God, we just thank you for their willingness to stand up and we thank you for their heart and them wanting to serve. And God, I know that you will connect them with the leadership team here and with the others sitting around to say, oh, I see you stood up in my heart. I believe that you're supposed to partner with me to do this. So when people come to you, it may not be Pastor Jen, it may not be one of these here, but what will happen is people will see you and be able to identify that I need to partner with you to accomplish what God has for me. And in the new assignment that God is bringing to this house, I believe that some of you may even carry a piece of that. It just hasn't been released yet, so you haven't figured out how to connect to it yet. Does that make sense? So, Lord, we just thank you for their yes in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That's exciting. Did you? I hope you took a picture of everybody who's standing up. <laughs> I always tell my people, if you're saying yes, then I've got something for you. If you're not saying yes, I still got something for you. So don't worry. You don't have to worry about it. And what I felt like for you guys of the of the. Oh, I can't get close to that. For the pastoral team, what I felt like it is your promotion time, that God is causing you to step up to the next in order for them to step up to the next, in order for the new people that come in to step up to the next, but they can't step unless you step. And I'm not saying that you're going to have more work to do. But what I'm saying is that there's going to be a spiritual branching within you that's going to create some uh, vacant places that will need to be filled by other people within the church. And uh, oh my gosh. So uh, even with Pastor Nick, what I feel like is I've heard you a couple of times speak, you know, and doing the offering and doing different things. I feel like that there is a greater voice that needs to come out of you. I feel like that you've got more inside of you that you may not recognize is something prophetic to come out of you, is something, a revelation to come out of you that everyone needs to hear. So I feel like God is inviting you to step into a greater measure of what you already carry. You already carry it, but there is a blooming inside that is occurring. And you know it, you just haven't quite figured out what to do with it. And God is just saying, if you'll just step, you'll know that you know that you know what is next to do, right? So uh, so that is for you. And I don't know that I have a specific, specific word for each one of you, but I just wanted to pray over you guys because I want to just impart promotion. Impart promotion. So, Lord, we just thank you for—I'm <laughs> not going to use the mic because that will be crazy. God wants to use you guys to, uh, I feel like you're going to be traveling, doing some traveling, going to different places. Uh, You're like the tag team. Uh. (laughs) Mm. It's like, what I see see is Pastor Clayton, he breaks the egg open and... and, (laughs) And Jen scrambles it all up for everybody. (laughs) But it's a good thing. It's like revelation and power, revelation and power. (laughs) so funny. And what I actually saw was an ostrich egg because they're really, really big. (laughs) Got that breaker anointing. You know, so does Jude. He has that breaker anointing on him. Breaker and then pulls it all together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that. Yes, Lord. known it but we've also been confirmed as we've talked about it God has a greater And the last thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask all of you to stand because I said all of you can prophesy. So we're going to just impart a prophetic anointing on you and then Jen can deal with all the prophetic words that are going to come. I love it. I love it because in our house we have the same thing. I get all kinds of words. Our pastoral staff prays over it. We share it with the congregation because we all know in part and when we put our parts together, we have a bigger picture, right? Right so uh everybody gets to prophesy so just start praying in the spirit for a minute just to prepare your spirit to receive an impartation of Elevated prophetic gifting in Jesus' name. So, Father, I just release that impartation. You say that freely we've received, freely we give, so I am giving what I have, and that is that prophetic anointing to be able to prophesy, to edify, to encourage, to build up, to comfort, to foretell, to foretell, to be able to break open the natural realm so that the spiritual realm of God can invade in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And some of you will start feeling words coming, write them down. Don't be shy, write them down, share them with Pastor Jen, Pastor Nick, share them because as they start coming in, just like she had that minute dream about the canopy and now All of a sudden, there's canopies in Pakistan. We're singing a worship song about canopies. All of a sudden, canopy is the word for you guys. So know that it can just take, you know, two or three minutes. All of a sudden, God's dropped something. You write it down, and it becomes a, a, a momentum, like a snowball of activation of bringing heaven to earth. Amen? Okay. You guys can sit down. Ah, I know that you're saying, oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Okay, so we're going to talk about occupying. And I'm going to give you one example of how we are occupying. You guys know the seven mountains, right? Media, uh, education, government, church mountain, all that kind of stuff. Okay, so... Um, How many of you have seen The Chosen? Okay. And how about, how many of you have seen Jesus' revolution? How many of you have seen Sound of Freedom? Okay. So let me just tell you, uh, we understand that there has been a shift in our favor. Because in Newsweek in July, their, their front cover said, Jesus takes Hollywood. Now, there have been prophetic words. I gave one maybe four or five years ago about how Hollywood is going to lose their momentum because Christian movies are going to be able to outweigh what Hollywood is doing. And that is what is happening. Um, the Chosen, it was only in release for a very short time in the movie theaters. You know, it's, it's uh, outsourced, you know, locally funded. But The Chosen made $13 million in the small release. Uh, Jesus Revolution made $51 million. Sound of Freedom so far has made $155 million. It has outpaced almost every Hollywood movie that has been re- released. The only one I didn't look up that might have been close to it had been Mission Impossible. I don't know. But, uh, but it has outpaced because the people of this world are saying we do not want what they're releasing. We do not want our minds worked on. Am I going to really say this out loud? We do not want this cultural brainwashing that is occurring right now. And I just watched a video about the whole loss of target that they have experienced because of their cultural indoctrination of products that they had, that they released in March or April. Uh, they lost such a large amount of money, not because just Christians, but America stood up and said, we don't want that. You can personally think whatever you want, but we don't want our children being indoctrinated in something that we have no control over. One of our friends just pulled their seven-year-old out of school because the teacher was reading uh, a book to the children seven years old, think about it, seven, about sexual self-gratification, seven years old. And that is going on every day. I'm telling you that right now. It's going on every day. Uh, The middle schools are having clubs that are secret clubs, even though they're advertised, and the kids are being told that what happens in the clubs cannot be shared with their parents. One of them specifically is geared toward uh, uh, sexual reidentification. And you may say that can't be happening. It is. It's happening in Milwaukee, it's happening in Tampa, Florida, it's happening everywhere. So God is calling us to take back what we have given up and what the enemy has run with. The days of the school system educating our children in who they are, who God says they are, what sexual identity they have cannot exist because they don't do it. They're doing a cultural brainwashing so that our children don't have an understanding of who they are. And it is our job as parents, it is our job as grandparents, it is our job as aunts and uncles to make sure that the kids know who they are. They are not a they, we, them, it, us, whatever. They're not that. They're male and female because God says they may male and female alike. And the only way that's going to occur is if we continue to support things that align with the word of God and not with the cultural temperature. Um, Pastor Jay was talking about that. We have to decide whether we're a thermometer or we're a thermostat. And God is, this is a, this is a time, there is momentum on occupying. Occupying our neighborhoods, occupying our workplaces, occupying our schools, there's a time. And if you don't have kids in school, you can still walk the perimeter of the school, even on the sidewalks, pray, declare God's word over it. You can still have an impact on what's going on, whether you actually have a personal engagement with them or not. Like, I don't have the permission to go on any school because I don't have any kids in the school. But I have the permission and the authority from heaven to pray over every school because they're within my sphere of influence. (laughs) Amen? So we're going to talk about occupying and what that looks like. It's funny. The Lord gave us a word, uh, a prophetic word. It was, I don't know, mid-July. And... um, he just started talking to us, I mean, just prophesying over us that it is time that we get rid of human trafficking in our state, that it was our responsibility to begin the process. And we know that there have been other people working on it for many, many years, long before human trafficking was even inter- You know, interested, people were interested in that. But when I declared that and released that over our church, all of a sudden we have about Oh, maybe 10 people that have taken it, run with it, gotten involved in it. It's, you know, when God releases a, an area to occupy, he already has everybody equipped to occupy it. Yeah. So get ready to occupy. So let's talk about some scriptures, okay? We're going to look at Acts 27. and We're going to start in verse 9. Because we're going to talk about, not only we're going to talk about what does God's word say about Occupy, but we're also going to talk about what are some practical steps we can take to Occupy. How do I take what God has done and apply it to my life, apply it to my family, apply it to uh, the area that I'm I'm involved in? How many of you feel like you've got a place that needs to be taken back? Okay, we're going to take it back today. Uh, Verse 9, Acts 27. So Paul has, of course, uh, declared he's a Roman citizen and that he must go before Caesar so he can declare the gospel. And God is providing a way for him to go. He goes on a ship which he knows they should never launch because the weather is bad, but they decide to launch it anyhow. And so we're kind of picking it up from there. Verse 9, it says, uh, Now when, such a, uh, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because of the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, I perceive that this forge will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo ship, but also our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things that spoken by Paul. And because, of the har- and because the harbor was not suitable to winter in, the majority advised to set sail. So they decided to go ahead and go. So how many times have you given a prophetic warning or had a sense from God that you should move forward? Or even in work that we really shouldn't take on this adventure or this client or something like that. And because the majority has overruled you, they've gone ahead and done it. And you feel like they should listen to me because I know I have heard the word of the Lord. But we also know as Paul goes on, he has heard of the word of the Lord and the Lord is going to get him. To his assignment, even though the people around him are trying to stop him. When you go to occupy something, there will be people who try to stop you, there will be people who they're called discouragers, they're called dissuaders. They'll get up in your ear and say, I don't know. I don't really know that that was God. I don't really think you should be doing that. You know, they'll have all kinds of reasons, all kinds of excuses. But you know if God's called you to occupy, then he will take care of you. And the others will benefit from the calling that God has given you. So we can't have bitterness toward people who are doing things that we know are not right. We've got to have a heart that says, God, you know what you've said. Now I need for you to enact what you have said in order for me to get where I need to go. We're going to scoot through that and we're going to go over to verse 27. This is gonna help you, I I, I guarantee you it's gonna help you. Now when the 14th night had come, as we were driven up and down the Adriatic Sea, and midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land, and and they took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. How far is 20 fathoms, you think? Any sailing people? 120 feet. 120 feet, very good, thank you. That's really not very far, 120 feet. <clears throat> and when they'd gone a, they a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be about 15 fathoms. So they get to where they were supposed to be, and then all of a sudden they, they decide they're going to start jumping ship. I'm going to jump off. I'm going to jump in the water. I'm going to do this. But then Paul stops them. He says, um, verse 34, it says, Therefore I urge you, take nourishment, for this is your survival since not a hair will fall from the head of any of you. So none of them were going to be lost. So they took bread, they had uh, communion, and they shipwrecked in Malta. So that was not his destiny. How many times do you get shipwrecked in a place that is not your final location, but there's a divine interruption there in order for you to be able to change the atmosphere of where you just landed. We have to quit trying to agree with the enemy, with the interruption of God, when God has allowed the interruption so he could do something amazing where you're interrupted at. You know, usually when we run into obstacles, what do we do, complain? We say, the devil got the upper hand. The devil beat me up on this. I said last night that I'd heard this, that complaining is to the devil what praise is to God. When we complain and we start looking at all the ways that the devil stopped us, then we can't see what God wants to do for us. You know, he doesn't send send us places to occupy just for us. He sends us places to occupy for the kingdom so the kingdom can expand where you're occupying. And when we decide that we're going to agree with what he's decided to do and when there is whatever it is, a shipwreck, a flat tire, whatever it is, an economic shift that has caused our finances to look differently than they did five years ago, we have to say, God, you know what's going on. You have the answer to fix this. So that I can continue on with what you have for me. We've got to shift our perspective. You know, the enemy may be involved, maybe not. But what we have to understand is whether he is or whether he's not, God is sovereign and he's still God. And he's got a plan that he's going to fulfill. And I'm not going to spend my time wringing my hands over what just happened. I'm going to spend my time saying, God, what do you want me to do? What is it you want me to do? And Paul and them end up making it all the way to the island. And the islanders welcome him. You guys come on aboard. You guys come hang out with us. They build this fire to warm them. And what happens? Paul gets bit by a snake. Now, Paul could have thrown himself on the floor, called for a doctor, all this stuff. He's like, no, he shakes it off. You know, sometimes when those attacks come against us, we got to shake it off. We got to plead the blood of Jesus over us. We've got to say, you know, whatever's come against me won't be able to inhabit me because the blood of Jesus has already bought me, and I don't have to worry about what the attack is. I just get my people praying. I call my friends. I text my friends. Pray for me. I'm under attack. But I'm not going to lean into the attack and talk about how bad the attack is and talk about all the things that the devil has done. And ta- I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, I see you moving, enemy. But God is greater than any move you have against me. And that's where we have to shift our perspective. And it is hard when we are going through a difficult time. It is hard, and the only way that we're able to really shift is by believing His word, standing on His word, and being part of bodies that will pray for us and and declare over us, and will say, "I'm standing with you. That I'm the I'm fortified with you. I'm like that." Um, um, I just saw the movie uh, scene in Gladiator where they lock shields. Did everybody see Gladiator? Yeah. It's such a great movie. Such, it's one of the best movies ever. But, uh, because you know what it is? Because it's about adversity and loss and what you do when that occurs. You surround yourself with people who can help you get through it and lock shields with them so that the enemy, the Roman soldiers, cannot penetrate against you. That's a good word, guys. I'm telling you. How many people are having struggles right now? And really fighting with some, some real-life things That are causing you to be discouraged and disappointed and trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Because I thought I was here and all of a sudden where I am, I'm like, Paul, I got bit by a snake. It doesn't, it doesn't mean what is happening is not real and you just don't pretend like it's real. What it means is what is happening, God has a solution for. So. We acknowledge that we got a problem, but what I know is God has called me to occupy so that that problem doesn't take over the territory that God has given me. So Paul goes on to occupy the island by being able to shake loose the snake and not die because they thought he got bit by a snake because he was a murderer. People think you are attacked by the enemy because you deserve it. Because if you hadn't done this or you hadn't done that, or if, you, you know, if you were doing what you were supposed to do, the enemy probably wouldn't be bothering you. People have all kinds of ideas about what you're going through. But the problem is, if they aren't aligned as part of your inner circle, then they don't understand. So you find those people that are your inner circle, those three or four that you know you can count on, that you know you can text with, that you know will pray for you. You find those people, and everything else that everybody else says, it doesn't make any difference. You're able to just shake it off like, a, like that snake bite. Okay, let's just look at a couple of scriptures out of uh, Acts 28. We're going to skip over where the snakes of, where the snakes were. And when he was able to shake that off, verse 6, however they were expecting, he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead. But after they had looked for a long time and saw no harm came to him, they changed their mind and said he was a god. Well, you know, he wasn't a god. But what happened was his ability to defeat the snake bite... His ability to ward off the attack gave him credibility with the people. You know that your ability to stand strong during difficult times gives you credibility with other people around you. It makes people want to be near you because they see, they acknowledge, yes, you're going through a hard time, but you didn't. Wallow in the hard time, you acknowledged it and you leaned into what God had for you. You leaned on other people and it gave you credibility because they know if you've gone through something like that, if they have something, they're able to come to you because you know how to have victory over it. That's how you occupy. So he was able to not only take the island for Jesus. Can you imagine, just think about this, the uh, head of the island got saved, the island got saved, they all got healed because of what Paul did, because at the shipwreck, instead of complaining, jumping ship, or whatever he could have done, he leaned into what God had promised him, and through his obedience and his just determination it transformed the total island, saved, healed, and delivered. So think about this. What is your area? What is your territory? What are you supposed to occupy? There could be things that you're very successful in occupying right now. There could be things that, I'll just give you an example. There's a, I feel like families are something that we are trying to win back, we're trying to retake the territory because there's been some slipping away from what God has promised us. You know that when kids grow up in your house, they're in your territory, so you have a lot of authority and control. When they get out of your house, then they are no longer under your perusal, and they're going to go and make decisions and make uh, and do things that are not what you taught them to do growing up, but they're trying to find their own way. And one of the things that God wants us to do is retake the land of our children. And the way we do that, I always tell people, when there's a war for our family, that war, and I said it last night, that war is fought from the heavenly realm, not from not from the earth. It's not fought with our words and our anger and our fighting with them, it's fought with the agreement with what God has said for them in order to draw them back into the territory that God has established for them. So families are a big one. And how do you fight in the heavenly realm? You fight with the word of God. You get out the word, you start picking out several scriptures, and you begin to declare that word over the situation. My son, my daughter is called by God to be a child of God. They are called to walk in the holiness and the purity that God has given them. They are called to be raised up in the word the way they were. They are called to the destiny and the uh, the purposes that God has for them. You just start declaring it. You start breaking off any addiction, any uh, Um, bad friendships, Lord, we just come against that they will not walk. Proverbs is a great chapter to read through and pray and declare over the territory you're trying to take. Proverbs is great for doing that. Joshua 23, 10 says that, I'm just going to read it off my iPad. It says, one man of you shall chase a thousand. So just think, look at yourself and say, I'm one. And I can chase a thousand and have victory over them. Just think about that. For the Lord is with you and he fights for you as he promised. So you're able to overtake whatever has tried to overtake you. You're able to have freedom and occupy by just leaning into what God has shown you. What does his word say? And I'm fighting with the sword of the Spirit. And I'm occupying what God has given me to take. And the way you occupy, number one, is you ask, what is my territory? You know, one of the scriptures that we gave this house uh, last year was Isaiah 54, 2 through 3. It's about your tent. And everybody has a tent. Your household is your tent. Your neighborhood is your tent. Your workplace is your tent. How many actually work in a physical office or in a physical building now? I know it's not as much. So I would encourage you to take the building. I would encourage you to pray through it. Pastor Clayton was talking about it last night. Now in his new position, all of a sudden he has followers, and he's the apprentice because he's taken the territory. He's taken the territory. He's challenged what is not God. Not in a, you shouldn't be doing this, but hey, what's going on? Let me just pray for you. He was telling, him, let me, he wanted to pray for this guy's toe. The like, guy was like, oh, okay, well, weird, but yeah. But when you take the territory, you can even walk it like Jericho and start declaring, this territory is mine. I declare the word of the Lord over it and you will see like he has seen a shift of favor in his direction because he's taken the territory for God. And all of a sudden he said even his bosses noticing he has a tribe. And they're not all saved, but I can tell you right now they will be. They will be. So think about your workplace. Think about taking that territory. Thinking about you can even anoint your ta- your desk with oil on every corner. You can march around the inside of the office or if you work at a hospital, throughout the hospital. The power of our steps, you know, Joshua says that wherever we put our, the sole of our feet, God will give us. So the power of our steps within our house, within you can. if you're having trouble in your house, start walking your house, start declaring the word over it. Anoint it with oil. If you're having trouble with your neighbors, put up a, a barrier. Oil the line between their house and yours. Oil the line. Declare that whatever's going over there cannot cross over. You can pray, God, save them, heal them, or move them on. And watch God save them, heal them, or put a for sale sign up. And it's not because we're trying to um, isolate ourselves from people. It's just that we know that God has given us a territory. And in order to take the territory, some people may have to move out of where they've staked their ground. Because that is our territory. And it's okay for them to move. It's okay for our neighbors. It's okay if you live in an apartment and the neighbor upstairs is partying wild all night. You pray for them. You declare salvation over them. You just turn it over to the Lord. Lord, save them or move them on. Because I would actually like to sleep. More than an hour every night. You can. we got to take the territory. And if you're declaring for them, God save them, you know that God is knocking on their hearts, calling them, calling them to himself, because he wants their salvation as much as you do, more than you do. we got to remember how much power we have. You know, when Abraham left his home, left his family, he went to where God called him. And what did he do? He put up a tent. He took the territory. And no one was able to take that territory away from him. And when Lot was in danger, what did, what did Abraham do? He gathered up his guys and went and destroyed all those who were trying to take his family. So God has a strategy for us to occupy the land. And we're not only supposed to occupy our neighborhoods, our job, our workplaces, our schools, but we're supposed to occupy our state. And from our state comes the occupation of our, neighbor, of our nation. This is a time where God has called us to occupy our nation. And you can even see that one little example of Hollywood. There's an occupation happening in the film industry that is creating a puzzlement to the financial investors in movies because they're not making any money on what they used to make money on. And it's because the people have risen up and said, no more, no more, no more, no more. I want us to rise up and say, no more. God show me how to take my lamb. And we know. We ask God how, and then we do what he says. We pray. And you don't have to sit and pray for hours and days and days. You can if you want to. But sometimes just the morning prayer, God, I just declare the occupation of my household, of my neighborhood, of the schools around me, and of my state. Simple, 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 simple. God doesn't need tons of words to respond to what you're asking. Because he already has the momentum going for what what he's going to do. He's already working on it before you've even realized that it's your assignment. So pray, ask God, how do I take my territory? Number two, do what he says. Number three, consider walking or driving around your area. And when you do, just pray in the spirit as you're going. And if God highlights a certain store or house for you to just write down the address and start giving some extra prayer to it. Extra declaration. You're like, God, I don't know what's going on. Or he may give you revelation of what's going on. I don't know what's going on. But God, you do. You've highlighted 1197 Oak Drive. You've highlighted that to me. So I'm just going to start interceding. I'm going to start praying over it. I'm going to start declaring the goodness of God in it. I'm going to start declaring the blood of Jesus to cover it. That will work. You may not hear the results. But when you begin to declare it, heaven is activated toward it. We are powerful people. We are powerful people. And we just have to understand, it's like my buddy Tony there. You know, he is releasing frequencies that is sending songs of deliverance, songs of healing, songs of identity, and he's not saying a word. You don't have to go up and confront somebody you just, you just need to do what God's called you to do. One of our, our people at church, she runs, um, she oversees some like Airbnb type things. She oversees it. And two weeks ago, she was going to one of the properties and she noticed something was weird and they hadn't paid their bill. And she was knocking on the door and this young man, she just knew something was not right there. This young man comes to the door and she said, Are you so and so? And he goes, No, that's my cousin. And she, said, she didn't say another word. She just looked at him. And he said, do I need to leave? She just shook her head. Yes, that's all she said. She turned and walked away. Within five minutes, she saw him pack up out the door, and he was gone. She didn't have to say a word. She didn't have to call the police. Sometimes when God gives you that assignment, the authority is, when he gives you the assignment, the authority on it. And like I said with Mara, It's just the look, and that look of authority scares the dickens out of people. When you've got the authority of the Lord, I told her, I said, probably there were two giant angels behind you too, and he's like, oh, but when you've got that authority of the Lord, and you just know that you know that that's what you're supposed to do, it's just like a spiritual breaker against the demonic stronghold that is occurring. So I want you to be encouraged that it's time to take your neighborhoods, it's time to take your schools, it's time to take your family back, it's time to take your house back. Pray over it, oil it, walk it, declare the word of the Lord on it. Just know that God is in it right now. This is a snowball That God is doing right now. You guys understand the snowball effect. We don't understand that in Florida. We have the sand effect. It just blows. And then then we know God's moving. But but this is. I mean this is a move of God. He's like my people are going to occupy. Just out of the mundane. Day to day. Living their lives. Under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You can occupy while you're scrambling eggs. You can occupy while you're vacuuming you can occupy while you're driving down the street you can occupy while you're pumping gas i'm pumping gas and lord i'm just declaring that this store is going to be a godly store that everything in there that is not godly they're going to want to get rid of god that even their hearts will be turned to you and i'm declaring that the owner of this store will be on his knees saying what is happening to me just like paul because he's been persecuting and going against god whatever's in your heart that the word aligns with, you just start declaring it over wherever you go and God will say yes to that declaration. Okay. Yes, yes. I know you are excited because you want something else to think about, right? But I'm telling you, this is a move across the nation. Why are people moving out of states to come to states that love Jesus because they can't stand the darkness any longer because God is calling them into the light. So we're protecting our state from the darkness that's coming from the other state to make sure that they're cleaned as they cross our border and set free of what's been oppressing them living somewhere else. Yes. Think about that. You know, sometimes, especially in Florida, if we see plates of uh, states that um, don't, don't like our governor. There's a lot of people that don't like our governor, Governor DeSantis. When we see states come in, we've got to look at them and say, don't say get out, even though we might think that. We've got to look at them and say, they're coming here because they're being drawn to the light. So we're not going to conform to what they're bringing. We're gonna bring transformation to them coming in. God wants us to change the way we look at things, change our perspective, begin to look at things about, can I occupy that God? Because that looks like my territory and I'm gonna take it. He wants us to change our thought. Instead of being mad, be righteous. There is a righteous anger. Be righteous. I don't want pornography in my neighborhood. I don't want gentlemen's Club in my downtown. I don't want strip clubs on my street corners. I don't want drug dealers in my alleys. And they have no permission to stay there unless we let them. As long as we do nothing, then they have full permission. If we do something, then God will move them on. He'll either heal them or move them on. That's our prayer. Heal them, deliver them, or move them on. Amen? Okay, I want to pray over you guys because we are going to be, uh, is that a word? Occupationist? Uh, I don't know. I need a word for that. No, not occupation. no. We're going to be taker-overs. How about occupiers? Wow. We might have somebody who knows English in here, if you guys will stand. Like I said, I love being with you guys. Make sure to help yourself to books. And, uh, but really, you're going to see, now that you've heard the word that God has released, God has released a word that says you are an occupier. So you've heard the word. Now he's going to give you opportunities to respond to the word just like he did to Paul. So instead of complaining, take it over. Take the land. Take the territory. Wherever you see something doesn't align with God in your office, you don't have to go in and confront them face to face and do all this kind of stuff. All you have to do is say, Lord, that is my territory. I'm taking it. And you will see the enemy flee because one has sent a thousand to flight. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you that these are the one who will send a thousand to flight. And right just in here, you know, there's probably 150,000 that are going to have to flee. So, God, we just thank you that you are multiplying not only our territory, but our authority authority to take the territory that is deserved and and written before the beginning of time for us but to retake any loss that has occurred we call back every family member Mm -hmm. every child every grandchild we call them out of Isaiah 59, 21, that if we follow the Lord, then our children and our children's children will follow the Lord too. So we right now, we just put a demand on that word to be activated over our families, that our children and our children's children will follow you, Jesus. So wherever they are, where their heart is not aligned, we just call them back, Lord. We call them back, and we take the territory of our heritage and our generations to come. And even for our businesses, Lord, we just take that territory and where there is antagonistic behavior against us, we just say, shut the mouth of the enemy. God, we're declaring healing and deliverance over them. And God, we're saying that if they're not within the realm of the territory they're supposed to be in, then move them on. God, let us see our hearts change our perspective become clear and the what i see is the flipping of the cards so we see the face card not just the back of the king's victory over these areas so lord we align with your word that says everywhere our footsteps we take the territory in Jesus name amen thank you so much come on Hallelujah! You can have a